Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with proud Hispanic business owner, Dr. Patricia Delgado. She is a doctor of psychology and industrial organizational IO psychologist with over 20 years of experience and research translator. Her research firm focuses on topics that range from organizational and business development, management and leadership, bridging research and practice. She is a strategic advisor who guides her clients with expert insight to unveil their newest competitive advantage, research-based credibility. It's a great interview. Enjoy. Perfect. Dr. Patty, it's great to meet you. Thank you for taking a minute out for the program. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. No, thank you. I appreciate it as well. <laughs> so let's let's start off with the dramatic in the very beginning here. We all lived the past three years with COVID. And in your particular yeah. profession, I'm sure it was pretty heady. And it all worked out its own way. How did you survive it? And how has it changed the way that you go about life now that the world's waking up here in post-pandemic 2023? Yeah, I think I probably shared um, some similar experiences as others going through COVID being, you know, uh, suffering from the isolation of not being able to be with family and friends, kind of relearning how to just interact with family members at a very close proximity, right? Um, but I also did lose loved ones in the pandemic. So that the trauma, I think all of us now have can say that we've experienced a shared trauma experience. And everybody at different levels, those that lost loved ones to those that didn't, right? Um, but as for our family and us, uh, it was at a very traumatic level, but it is also at a very awakening level that we were able to um, unveil just a lot of beauty in the solidarity that came with COVID. And I think as a professional in my field, as a business psychologist, what we've uncovered and seen is that organizations are now having to rethink their mindset, right? Rethink how they approach their workforce, especially from a mental health perspective, and especially from being a little bit more compassionate about how people have become traumatically um, um, informed and are dealing with anxiety and um, coming back into the workforce. It's not as easy as leaders would like them, like it to be for their employees, right? To just let's come back to work, everybody. Well, I think there's, everybody has their own lived experience. That's what that's happened with COVID. So, um, it's been interesting to watch from a, internally from a personal, my personal family setting, and then also watch from a professional with my doctorate in psychology from that setting, seeing how organizations are having to just, they're it's never going to be the same. And yeah. leaders, you know, want to go back, right, to, oh, the way it used to be. No, I don't think we're ever going to, we're never going to go back. No. And so those organizations and leaders, and even from a personal level, those those people that accept you know, it's just, it's going to be different. And now there's a new opportunity to make something different from it, um, are the ones that are going to continue to prosper now after this pandemic. So let's get to the essence of exactly what you do for a living. Everyone, you know, let's put you in front of a bunch of third graders, career day. One of the <laughs> kids looks up and says, hey, what do you do for a living? How do well, you answer them? That's such a great question. Um, you know, for me, what I do for a living, and that would be hard. I don't know if I could explain this to a third grader, but I will try. Um, I would say that I'm a person or uh, every day I come to work to listen, right? To listen to different leaders in organizations, to listen to employees, to listen to customers, to find out really what is their biggest motivator in what they do. And so I would maybe try to describe it in this sense uh, to a third grader. I don't even know. <laughs> you got me there, Joe. I don't even know. 
Um, I think it would be to just sit and listen, observe, and be curious, come curious. Um, and so I think I would encourage third graders do that already naturally, though. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Kids are just so natural at being curious and asking questions and not being judgmental from the get-go, right? I think that's just the, the beautiful part about being a child is that you come into the world with curiosity. And so I think I would just encourage them to continue being them, and I'm here to help them be them. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I've never done that speech. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, maybe you got groomed for it. So what did you want to be in the third grade? What was your dream? I wanted to be a doctor, which I am a doctor, which is yep. wonderful, but I wanted to be a medical doctor okay. and uh, wanted to be a pediatrician. That was always my goal. I loved, you know, just um, the whole concept of medicine and our bodies and how it works and just fascinated by that. Unfortunately, my pathway didn't take me that way, um, but it did take me to being a doctor of something, an expert in something. And so I'm super proud of that, considering that Latinas hold a very, very, very small percentage of doctorate and PhDs. And so I'm privileged and honored to say that I'm part of that very small group of, of women and um, women of color that have completed the highest level of education. So yeah, I, I, I did, I got there a little bit, yeah. just a yeah, little yeah. different roads. <laughs> sure. So you obviously have very proud roots. Talk to me about where you were born and raised and how these seeds of business and, and wanting to help others came into you. So I was born and raised in El Paso, Texas, a very border town right on the border between Mexico. El Paso is a very unique city. It's the only city in the U.S. that borders two states and two countries all at the same time. There is no other city in the U.S. that does that. Wow. And so our culture here in El Paso is 85 percent Hispanic. So we are predominant. You know, we live and breathe the Hispanic value of family, community, cuisine, um, being together all the time. Um, and so I, that's what I grew up with. And as a leader now, as a professional, I think that's translated into my ability to be very inclusive when I meet different people, um, when I lead different people, to understand that um, all of us are really down to our roots, are human, and we all just want connection. And in the Hispanic community, it's all about connection, sometimes a little too much connection and too much familia. But um, it really is about being there for individuals at that very humanistic level. And so I always say that Latinos bring a very um, um, inclusive, human-centric type of leadership when they're part of organizations or teams or, or anything like that. And so I'm very proud of my Latin roots. And that is why I created my institute, which is called El Puente Institute, that focuses on supporting and advancing Latinos in the workplace. And that's really to give back because that's also part of our community is that we want to give back to our community. Um, but we're struggling with the systemic um, barriers that we all take as uh, minorities in this country. Um, and we're also struggling with our own cultural barriers that are in, ingrained in who we are as a culture that sometimes also hold us back from maybe speaking up in a meeting um, or saying, or being out, you know, outspoken when we've taught to be quiet, especially Latinas, you know, calladita mas bonitas means quiet. You look more prettier. Um, we've been taught that. And so sometimes that just kind of shows up naturally in who we are now as adults. Um, but overall, I wouldn't take anything away from being part of a Hispanic community and especially El Paso. It's a very unique border town. And we are really leading a lot of the innovation that's coming out from the Hispanic community. So we're super proud of that. So who's been a hero for you in your life? Um, I think there's been a couple of people, of course, um, the women in my life. Um, my mother, grandmothers, uh, all the women in my life are strong Latina women. 
And um, if you any you know anything about strong Latina women, like we can, you know, they really stand in their power um, when they need to. And then they're very comforting and supportive when they need to be too. So um, the women in my life have always been those heroes. And then there's also been just kind of outside heroes. Um, like Michelle Obama is a big hero of mine as well. Just the way that she stands in her power as an African-American woman and everything that she's done and stands for and continues to stand for is a big hero in my life as well. Others, um, even Logoria, Eva Logoria, a lot of other Latinas that are doing amazing work and even just the everyday Latina um, that does amazing work. I also, my heroes are the younger generation. Yeah. I did my dissertation, Joe, on Hispanic millennials. And I really believe, and I know just from my research that I've that I've done around the c- capacity they have from a mental perspective, from a psychological perspective, the immense amount of information that they're taking in, this younger generation is taking in on ongoing and how they're able to like compartmentalize this information, right? And then it informs who they are. They're the ones breaking barriers right now. They're the ones questioning narratives that their generational, you know, family members have tried to impose on them. Um, they're really the ones that are are stepping out of what is supposed to be. And truly, I think they're really one of my heroes. So I always look, I always support, try to support the younger generation, millennial, Gen Z, especially Gen Z now coming into the workforce. And especially because they've in they've experienced COVID and the pandemic very differently than any other generation. Yeah. And so um, I do believe that they're the biggest heroes right now, and they're going to really change the U.S. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. What What is the ultimate motivator for you to do the work that you do? What is it that gets you going every day? Um. There's definitely and always has been a fire of within me that I know I've meant for something bigger. And so I'm motivated to be able to push myself to get there, to get to where I know my purpose is. And then to know that once I'm there, I'm going to be providing information, um, you know, change in people's lives, knowledge that they need so that they can also stand in their own greatness. And so what motivates me is to know that as I stand in my greatness, I'm going to do everything I can to let others know that they can stand in their greatness too, right? That they can be proud of where they come from, create what they want in their lives. And so that motivates me each day, especially in my Latino community. We struggle with a lot of old school narratives. Yeah, uh, We struggle with a lot of, uh, which are beautiful and they shape who we are. But I always tell Latino, whenever I speak at a in, in front of a Latino audience or as a keynote speaker, I'm doing one next month. Um, for an amazing organization called Lina Latinas, I asked them to ask themselves, is this narrative serving you today in today's world, in your goals, in your own purpose in life? Is it serving you? And if it's not, then you need to be brave enough to rewrite it and pave ways for others. And so that's really my purpose that I'm doing a lot of my work is to be able to encourage others and to push myself because I constantly am also challenged with the old school narratives that come with being a Latina. So what's been the best success story you've been a part of as a professional? Oh, I've had so many. I've been fortunate to have so many, to work in teams that have been extraordinary, to be part of an organization or organizations that have really, that are about making change. Um, I think the biggest success for me has been stepping out of the fear of opening my own business, right? And being an entrepreneur, stepping out and putting myself out there. 
um, I think has been the biggest success for me and my team at the Bridgeify Group. My research firm is called the Bridgeify Group. And El Puente is a division of my research firm. So all of us that are involved in what we do, um, that's been the biggest success to see people like step out and then me step out and us really try to push, you know, the envelope of what is not being done right now in organizations. Um, and so I think that's been the best success. And, you know, there's a whole, there's more to come and we're small, but we're mighty. And I'm excited to see where it all leads. So you've been down a lot of roads. You've seen a lot in your life. Let's say you have a dream tonight. You run into the 20-year-old version of yourself and you could give that younger version of you a piece of advice based on the wisdom you've gained so far. What would you tell that younger version of you? Wow, that younger version. Um, I think the biggest thing is that we doubt our own our, our own gut voice, like our own inner voice. And we doubt it for many reasons, For because we're scared because we've been told something. My younger version was in a small college in Minnesota, being labeled as a student of color um, when I've never been, I didn't even know what that meant when I came out of El Paso, Texas, because I was the majority. I did. I was not the minority. I had to call my mom and be like, am I a student of color? Am I a person of color? What does that even mean? And she was like, no te pures, mija. She's like, don't worry about it. You just go do school. You go do that. So the younger version of me knew something was wrong, but didn't, but followed what everybody else told me to do versus follow what I knew I needed to do as that younger version of me. So I, this is why I admire the younger version, the younger generations, because they all automatically follow their own voice and their own instinct um, while I questioned mine. So I would tell my younger self, do it. You know what you got to do. Don't listen to the voices around you, to the people that are doubting you, to the people that are labeling you, putting you in a box. You do what you know what you need to do and put your head up high and move forward. Um, I think I lost a lot of time because I listened to society, what society wanted me to be, what my culture wanted me to be. Um, And so today I continue encouraging those younger generations. You're, You're doing it. You have a voice. Use it, but use it wisely, yeah. right? Yeah. Learn from others. Learn from the mistakes. Learn how to channel your energy a certain way. Sure. And so you'll let's be successful. Get, yeah, for sure. So let's get to the essence of who you are. Everyone has a perception of you, family, friends, clients, colleagues, but you're in control. What is your perception of you? Who do you think you are? I think I'm I'm real. Like if you want, if you were to ask me a question, I would kindly ask, would you like my opinion or would you like my, you know, my true opinion or would you just like to vent? Like that's yeah. always my question. Do you want my opinion? Or do you want to vent? <laughs> um, because I think I'm going to tell it to you straightforward. And I tell my clients, you know, we sometimes tell our clients, look, we may not be the consulting firm for you. Right. And that's okay. Like no hard feelings. Everybody is at their own place at their current time with what they know. And I, we respect that. I respect that. And so I see myself as a real person. I feel like I'm, I'm a, I've been a military spouse. Um, I served, my husband served the military for 20 years. Uh, I've, I've experienced different cultures. I've been, I've traveled. Um, I have my education. So I feel I'm well-rounded to have compassion and empathy towards anybody and anybody's situation, because I know that my lived experience is not your lived experience. So I see myself as a person that can be really real with somebody, but then can also be very compassionate and understand that, you know, life is hard and ups and downs and death and life and all that comes 
as part of life. But, um, you know, I, I feel with my experience, I can, I'm able to just find a relationship or a string to each and every person that I meet. Um, so like yourself, Joe, you shared your, you know, about a little bit about your daughter, like there's already a string you and I connect and understand the lived experience that maybe you've heard her say that maybe now I've said today. So yeah, yeah, I think I'm pretty real. I don't, yes, I'm a doctor. Yes. I own my business, but if you want to have Starbucks, like I'm down for Starbucks, I'm down for tacos. Like I'm down for it all. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Even tequila. (laughs) Yeah. I I like it. Me too. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So if anyone wants to reach out, hire you, learn more about you, where can they go? Yeah. So we are, of course, we have our website, the bridgefygroup.com that you can visit us at. Um, I'm very active on LinkedIn and Instagram under the Bridgefy Group, as well as El Puente Institute. Um, my, You can always reach me there. You can DM me, also Facebook. So we're pretty much in all social media outlets. Um, or you're, if you just want to contact me directly, I'm happy to leave my email with you, Joe, and people can do that as well. We're really looking for clients that are ready to do something a little bit different than what's usually been done. We're looking for clients that are are looking to really advance their Hispanic workforce as well as consumer. I mean, Hispanics have a large buying power here in the U.S. Like we could be our, we could be our own. We're the fifth largest country when it comes to GDP and our buying power. So there's a lot of organizations that are marketing to cons- to Hispanics, but they're kind of missing the boat. Yeah. So I would say give us a call because we also partner with a lot of different um, Latino marketing firms and do um, we want to do cultural relevant leadership development as well as cultural relevant connection with our community. And so I think that, yeah, we got that. We have those skill sets. So I love it. Dr. Patty, thank you for your energy, for your story. It's thank been you, wonderful. Joe. I can't wait to get it out. I appreciate you. Thank you for your time. I know this is just the way it popped in, but thank you. And I wish you all the best of love. I hope we can continue staying in contact. Absolutely. Um, But thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, we'll connect on social. We'll we'll make it happen. Absolutely. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, literature, business, spirituality, music, and more from around the globe. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. You can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and until next time. Mm-hmm.